I don't really have an intro, but <laughs> 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 All right, everyone, welcome to the Fit Last First Cast. This is a podcast that is all about the topics of fitness and philosophy, where they intersect and peeling back the layers of human performance and human experience. And on this podcast, I, as your host, Abby Morocco, interview different individuals and my intention is to pretty much to uh, cultivate a space of curiosity, compassion, and illuminating uh, the different parts of the human through um, through just interesting conversation. So today on the podcast, I have Spencer Gooding, hello. who is hello Spencer, welcome. Excited to be here too. So we're actually in the place where we both work right now so we don't have to travel very far um but uh this is an exciting conversation we've uh we've had a lot of interesting conversations um before off of off of the recording yeah, it's kind of off the cuff in the office in the weight room and just kind of excited to see where uh, where an actual dedicated conversation goes absolutely absolutely yeah. so um i purposely just introduced spencer spencer because um you know, I think that we, a lot of us get kind of introduced as a label or in a box. And so um, my hope is that you can hear some of the things behind um, who the, the coach we know as Spencer is today. And he's also going to share some of his insights, of course, on, um, on in his, from his expertise of how to become a, a stronger human being. So Spencer, do you want to like start by just... Uh, that being said, you want to start by saying, uh, like, what you do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a strength and conditioning coach here at Impact Sports Performance in uh, Superior, Colorado. Um, you know, strength and conditioning coach for, uh, for for teams, small groups, but also you know, personal trainer to the you know gen population. Right. I love uh, coach class instructor as well. So I love teaching classes. Um, I do some work with uh, with some tactical athletes as well. Uh, some of the first responder work. Um, but yeah, just pretty much everything revolving around. Fitness, training, strength and conditioning, all, I'm in it. That's, uh, that's awesome. what I love, yeah. <laughs> so you named like a, a lot of, uh, a lot of different populations mm-hmm. that you work with. Um, and I can imagine that there's a lot of different skills you need for each, each group, but at the same time, um, the same principles mm-hmm. and maybe the same mindset that you're applying to all of them. So like to you, what, what do you see as the through line in your coaching with whoever you're working with? Well, you know, we're all uh, we're all humans, so we all essentially move the same, right? Just because you're a, you know, firefighter, paramedic doesn't mean you move all that much differently than a hockey player or a stay-at-home parent. Um, all right, so we all have to work on very similar things. Obviously, there's different weaknesses, different strengths, and different capacities that they have to either live up to or uphold to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we all move the same way. So, in uh, the human body trains like the human body, so training for strength can be, you know, very similar across a lot of spectrums. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Do you have a favorite um, favorite type of client to work with, favorite population? Oh, the ones who want to be there. That's, okay. that, that's, that, that's who it is. I mean, I love, like, okay. anyone who wants to train, anyone who wants to get better and is kind of in it to learn more about themselves mm-hmm. and become more, that's, mm-hmm. that's why I'm there. Awesome. Um, that, that's my favorite person to work with, whether it's, you know, a 10-year-old, uh, you know, youth athlete just yeah. trying to get in the game or, yeah. you know, a 50-year-old, you know, stay-at-home parent that just wants to throw their kids in the pool. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that, and that kind of brings us into the idea of uh, 
wanting to be there is um, like it's it's a feeling that we can all be in touch with. But then, um, like something that I I'll do in my consultations is is ask the reason why, mm -hmm. right? It's like the, there's the feeling. And then there's the, the feeling part, and then there's the, the thinking part and the reasoning okay. part. So um, so I'll ask you, what makes you move? Not coach, but let's start with like you, you as like a mover and an Physically. athlete. Well, yeah, what makes you move? Like, what is, you, what is your why? For my personal mm -hmm. training? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I kind of started out like most you know, male strength coaches, right? They got brought up in like the high school football system. And uh, that's where you learn how to how to work out and lift weights. Hated football, loved working out. And I think the reason was, well, I mean, I could control how I do. I didn't I didn't have to re rely on, you know, the team or, or the coach. I, I just knew my own capacities and I could exert as much force as I wanted to against this object where that, I mean, that can't really do that with a whole lot of other things safely without either hurting yourself or another Mm -hmm. Person, right? Just a, a very cathartic way for me to, you know, exit, you know, exert the kind of feeling yeah. that I'm kind of right. I'm feeling. I've, I've never been a great speaker. I've never been a great shower of emotion or a <laughs> way to express myself. Uh -huh. And that was just a way to kind of express those yeah, feelings. It gave, yeah, gave you an avenue yeah. for for expression. Totally. Very interesting. So how? Yeah. How? What age were you when you started playing football? I mean, I guess, I mean, I did kind of, I mean, I was active as a kid, playing uh -huh. with friends, did that kind of stuff, tried it in middle school, didn't like it, then I tried to get in high school, you know, freshman year, so I guess like 13, 14. Okay, is yeah. when kind of you, you entered the gate and then yeah. went in, you know, little five, six, 120-pound yeah. freshman just getting clobbered all the time, mm. so you, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of that, you know, getting hurt and stuff, and then, um, but, you know, the weight room builds you up, and that's, that's what I wanted, you know. Nice. That's awesome. So yeah, so so that leads us into uh, so I guess it well actually at that age, so the the um, the outlet for self expression might have been your your why. Do you feel like that has has changed over time? There's um, more more layers to it now. Um, it's it's always kind of an underlying part of it. I think, you know, for sure. I mean, I think in for all of our clients as well, it is also a way for them to express themselves with how they move, right? Mm -hmm. Being physical is, is certainly a huge part of how everyone expresses themselves. That's why there's recreational activities. And I think it's, it's a huge part of, you know, our evolutionary biology even yeah. of you know, how we respond to things. And so that does definitely play a big part in, you know, why I still do yeah. these things and help awesome. other, help other people realize that kind of expression, but also how they can help others and so forth through that Beautiful. as well. That's awesome. And so, so you were mentioning like, um, what I hear when you're talking about that, I think about, um, think about how pain can be a big motivating factor, even mm -hmm. emotional pain. Right. So, yeah. um, and how that fits into like kind of the hero's journey, right. Mm -hmm. Like overcoming and, um, and evolving. And it usually, is this um, the inflection point is usually some kind of a pain point, right? So, yeah. so even at that young age, you experienced such. How would you describe what you, what you felt being like smaller than all of the other other athletes, or being kind of pushed around by the other athletes? <laughs> I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, everyone goes through that, right? You, exactly. Yeah. There's always a bigger fish, but yeah, you get mm -hmm. kind of pushed around, and then at some point, you you kind of stop taking their shit mm. for a little while. And, <laughs> <laughs> And then you, then you understand like the, the actual value of not so much of what they think of you, but what you think of yourself, mm. I think. 
And then, but, uh, you know, growing yourself through that kind of physicality just helped empower me to not like, you know, go back and get back at them, but just be happier with who I was. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And they say like pain is the greatest teacher. Mm -hmm. I've heard that before. And so like when you experience that pain, it actually, it, like you said, it wasn't like you wanted to get back at them or something, but it was actually like they had given you a gift to look within yourself and see how strong you could become, right? Yeah, at the time it doesn't feel that way. At the time, yeah, yeah, when you're 13, maybe you don't see it that way. (laughs) But in retrospect, does it seem Mm -hmm. that way? Yeah, yeah, I think everyone kind of goes through that that growth period where Mm -hmm. it's that tipping point where eventually it it swings the other way. Swings the other way. So after you experience like that that challenge, there's a part of the hero's journey um, that's called the call to adventure. Mm Um, and it's sort of where you start to set out on charting your own path. So do you feel like um, after that point, you just started to become really like gung-ho about strength training? Totally, yeah. So uh, yeah, I kind of get got into lifting and then uh, like we had a weight training class in high school. Mm-hmm. And then what was cool is I, mean, I had great coaches that were also the football coaches at the time. As a as well, but they would give us you know homework assignments for the strength training classes to like go look up an article or go look up some kind of workout you know write about it and then come back and that just kind of sparked my interest. Mm-hmm. So then after that, I was on bodybuilding.com just <laughs> reading all their stuff and like just you know on Teen Nation and yeah, just like kind of like yeah. reading as much as you can yeah. about how to get stronger, how to get you know bigger, build muscle, or whatever, all the kind of the <laughs> the basic stuff that everyone yeah. starts with. Yeah. Yeah. So it really just kind of lit that fire, just wanting mm-hmm. to learn more, mm-hmm. and then. You know, kind of going from, because at the time I wasn't playing sports, so in that kind of couple year gap, it was just lifting. So, you know, you lift okay. in the class, and then I would go after school, lift more, you, know, you go to the gym, you know, down the road. That was your and, major. Yeah, pretty Which much. was your major in high school. Like, pretty much. Lifting. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Like, I always, like, I always wanted to be an engineer growing up. Mm. And then, like, that's just, I mean, that's what my dad does. And it's what, I mean, I love the way things work and taking things apart and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I wanted to go into. And then. Like the interest in like the strength yeah. stuff where I really peaked and then you know I took calculus and that was just a horrible, horrible experience. It's like I'm gonna fail as an engineer. But then I got more into the actual field of strength conditioning. It's like, oh, this is an actual job that yeah. I can do. Yeah. And so then I got more into that. So then by the time, you know, senior year roll around to where I started picking colleges and things like that, that's where I wanted to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's very cool. It's uh these are new things that I'm learning along the way yeah. now too about Spencer. Um and um, so yeah, so you so you're you're on a pathway of becoming um, becoming stronger. At what point did you feel like you maybe discovered or even chose that it was a role that you wanted to play in society to help others become stronger as well? Mm-hmm. Also, like kind of going back to that, uh, you know, going into college, you know, choosing a major, you know, somewhat formulating what you want to do mm-hmm. with, with the rest of your life. I knew that like professional strength and conditioning was a thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you could either go into professional sports or you can go into like personal training. Yeah. That's like the only thing I ever knew. I was like, well, I don't know if I want to go into personal training or not. So I like, okay, maybe like strength, you know, collegiate or professional strength and conditioning would be, would be cool. And, and then I kind of, you know, stepped foot in the private sector, kind of like in the middle of college, you know, through internships, like, uh, like at places like Impact. And discovering like there's like you can help everybody, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be for a giant organization, you know, being yeah. professional collegiate with all the political stuff mm-hmm. involved with that, that you can still make a difference in these individuals' lives. I mean, because the transformation that I went through from, you know, freshman to, you know, all the way through college as well, just uh, not just like physically, but just how I thought of myself and 
you know, how I wanted other people to, to think of themselves as well. And I mean, just made, I made, made me want to have, you know, give them the same experience, mm. essentially. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Mm. It's so cool how that works, right? Because, like, so tracking it, it's like you were given that gift of pain, which seemed probably at the time it was like, like, why the fuck is this happening yeah. to me? Or like, like, like these people yeah. suck or whatever. And then you take it, you take that energy that they gave you and you, you alchemize it into some kind of motivation. And then that learning that you um, cultivate through that energy, then you can give to others as a gift. Yeah. And not everyone sees it that way. Not everyone does that. I think a lot of people um, might get stuck in the pushing the energy back rather than yeah. seeing it as like, this is a gift and I can alchemize it. So do you feel like that's a mindset that you have cultivated and that you even use today? Yeah, totally. And I think, uh, I think I had a lot of like really good influences that kind of pushed me in that right direction, whether it be through coaches or through teachers or, mm -hmm. or just like mentors. Like, I mean, even that was, that was <laughs> when, you know, YouTube was yeah. starting to become a big thing. So even like people through there, just kind of giving you or the tools you need to, shift your mindset into you know what was me or from what was me you know why is this happening to me and then trying to focusing on that and tell you know what can i do with it yeah 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 do you ex do you uh experience that in sessions with clients as well sometimes they they have that that kind of attitude coming in and you can you can help kind of turn turn it around a little bit yeah yeah definitely i think everyone a lot of people come in especially at first like when they're just not you know you know starting to get into the gym starting to work out yeah you know they've never seen a barbell or they've you know they've only heard bad things about deadlifts and <laughs> yeah, things right. like that. So it's kind of you know it's a it is a process of turning that kind of stigma around it is it can be more delicate for some people than than others obviously you kind of mm -hmm. have to find that line with each individual client but that's always the goal to kind of change that mindset through and you can do that through those hard workouts right it's doing the hard thing and the, like, yeah. the more you practice doing the hard thing right it does tend to flip over time mm. of them appreciating the hard thing mm. that they experienced before yeah very true it's like exposing yourself to the discomfort totally. and then it actually becomes a, a like a rewarding process yeah. in itself right yeah. overcoming so i think yeah a lot of people um it doesn't matter what the challenge is right like strength training is just one one oh, totally. uh, yeah. container for that, right? Yeah. Like it could be in, in the business world, it could be in relationships, it could be anywhere, but the more that you are afraid of the discomfort and avoid it, the scarier it's going to be. And oftentimes when it's scarier, then you make it like the enemy, right? Totally. And then as soon as you start exposing yourself to it, which you probably see with your clients, it's like they start to see how much uh, confidence that they can get formed from yeah. it and how much um, enjoyment they can get from it and even just like just feeling good yeah, you know just feeling yeah. good and then all of a sudden it's like oh there's like there's some there's something underneath the discomfort totally. <laughs> yeah and even like, like say like yeah that's of course like the situation of where they do succeed you know overcoming that yeah but also in the times where say you know they're not used to really like push themselves going heavy and stuff mm -hmm. but they fail like say they, they failed the set or they failed the way that they wanted to try but then they they know they know now how to grow from that, mm. and it's not just like it doesn't you know it's, you know automatically put them down. Yeah. Right. They know how to overcome failure as well as opposed mm. to always succeeding. Yeah. Yeah, that brings up a good topic, which is that there's a I think there's a difference, and I'll ask if you agree. There's a difference between just exercise and strength training, right? Totally. Yeah. Between movement and strength. Yeah. Training. Yeah. I would I would kind of differentiate between like exercising and training. I mean, yeah. you, you might you might be able to 
kind of differentiate that between like if you compete or not. I mean, that's kind of regardless, but I think there is a different mindset between the two. Yeah. And I can even feel that between myself. If I'm not like in a really, you know, really hard training period, it is more of like an exercise session. Yeah. I mean, which, which everything is good. Movement is movement. And I think it depends on like the, the intention and the, the motivation behind it. Yeah. yeah. Not a, not a, not like a better or worse, yeah. superior, inferior exactly, thing, yeah. but just. It's a time and a place. And yeah. Like, and, and, and failure is actually a required part of, mm -hmm. of strength training, right? Yeah. Like you're actually testing to the point where you're, where you see that you fail so that you can then create a higher and higher ceiling mm -hmm. for yourself. Right. Yeah. So I see in your classes, um, you have everyone on a program and, and it's like fantastic programs. And when you, when you get to, I don't know how many weeks you, you program them at a time, but you actually are getting people to test, like one rep maxes. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the the goal eventually. Like, yeah, we, it might just be like a day of like heavy singles. Right. Put that in, in sure. quotations. But okay. uh, over the course of that, you know, that time over that year, I do want to progress people into that that heavier range mm -hmm. and kind of just find find themselves doing a weight that they've never done before. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if it's something that they really realistically could do like ten times, mm -hmm. but they've never done before, and that's kind of mm -hmm. the goal is just always push them a little bit more. Yeah. Right. To I mean not. To where they can they know that they, they can succeed yeah. that's awesome that's awesome um and then another aspect of uh of strength training that i wanted to talk about for sure is uh is so like talking about failure and, and pushing yourself to the point of like just not being able to perform and not just how that is a physical thing but the the mental uh I guess the mental, like you could say, repercussions of that, right? Yeah. For some people, it's maybe the word repercussions is more fitting. For other people, maybe it's the the um, insight that it gives you, or right? it's just information. Yeah. But um, but I think about um, I, th I think about how strength when when we say strength training, or even just use the word strong, um, it has like a it has like a yang energy. Right? Yeah. Like it has like it's a more fiery and it's fiery. Yeah. If you talk about like the aggressive. elements more aggressive and you might think of the words, uh, you know, like intense and powerful and, um, even just in, in pushing, right? Yeah. Like pushing. Um, but the way that I see everything and like what I like to bring, um, bring perspective to is that there's, there's yin in everything that is yang. So I'd be curious to hear from you. Um, why don't we start with like in your own training? How do you see, how do you see like the yin principles fitting in? So things more like um, flow and surrender and uh, acceptance and um, and rest. You know, like things like that, right? Like yeah. I know that you you if you're really like strictly strength training, mm -hmm. you're following pretty strict rest. Periods, right? Yeah. yeah. So that they they have to go hand yeah. in hand. So how does that how does that show up in your training? Well, yeah, just like you know, scientifically, just going over you know, like rest periods. If you, mm -hmm. you know the the higher the intensity, the longer the rest is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, just so you you're recovered enough to do the following set and to push yourself as hard as you need to in order to get those kind of adaptations. So that's definitely like you know, first and foremost, the first thing I think of when when you say rest. Mm -hmm. um, it was like kind of like yielding and surrender it's hard under like just thinking about like strength training like some of the examples i i have or like that, that first come to mind are like olympic weightlifting okay um yeah. so like, like you know powerlifting is strong it's very active it's very tension based but think about like olympic weightlifting 
Like, yeah, it's, it's very tension-based at first, right through the explosive movement, but you have to yield yourself and fast enough to get underneath the bar mm. or, you know, underneath the weight. Yeah. Like, say, like, in a, in a clean, right? After you go through the aggressive pull, yeah. you have to relax and pull, you know, it's, it's how fast you can relax and get mm. underneath the bar. Mm. Um, so that's kind of one of the first things I think of. That's a great example. I mean, that's a even, very finite point. Right, but, how it even shows up in a single movement, yeah. a single repetition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, like with along with all the, like, the recovery work, that should go alongside of mm -hmm. the, the, the strength side of things, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, um, I know for me personally, one of my biggest struggles is that um, it's never been like resting enough. It's always been, or it's, how do I put this? I, I have trouble forcing myself yeah. to rest. Like that's how my yin and yang mm -hmm. kind of go together. Um, but more recently I have been honoring within, within my strength training, really honoring the rest yeah. periods and, um, and can see just how much, how much more of my full potential I can actually explore. Yeah. Um, what would you say to people who have those same tendencies as me <laughs> in adhering, right? Cause we talked yeah. about there's, there's exercise and then there's training and you have a specific outcome. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to be, it's again, they sh it's like, the, they seem like um, oxymorons. They're like opposing forces, but like you have to be disciplined about your rest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it depends on their specific goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're looking to increase their one rep max and, and stuff like that, then I think you need to practice that one rep max, you know, mm -hmm. frequently and kind of doing so is going to undertake right, longer rest periods. My first tip usually like, like put on a clock, like either it's going to feel fast or it's going to feel slow. It doesn't yeah. matter how it feels. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. And, like, and then it's like, you know, adhere to the clock, you know, keep it strict for, for a longer period of time. And then you get used to like of what that amount of time is going to feel like. Yeah. Um, if, you know, say like general strength, general fitness is going to be more so your goal, keep it to a clock, but, also believe I'm a pretty firm believer in you know going before you're ready. Okay. I heard you say that to the client. I, mean, I think like it's in like life, like you're gonna have to go before you're ready. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and that's more so for the people that you know rest too long. I okay. suppose. For sure. Um, I think like in a lot of like the the weightlifting community, that's that's more so what it is. Okay. Yeah. There, there's there's a lot more of us <laughs> than there are the too too shorter rest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going before you're ready, um, because. I mean, especially in my experience, a lot of times that, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds less mm -hmm. doesn't make the biggest difference in like your strength. Like you can still push through it. And I think a lot of times people surprise themselves of what they can do, mm -hmm. like even with, when they yeah. don't feel fully recovered. Right, right. But now, but there's the, the mental fortitude, you know, gain of that just simply outweighs like the, like the, the gain physically of what you got. Right. I don't think there, there really is that much of a difference. Mm. Um, at least at certain weights, at certain intensities, unless you're like an elite level. Right. Or yeah. So to like the, uh, to the, the person who's listening, who goes to the gym and is just trying to be fit or even yeah. super fit. It's like having that leeway, having that, that cushion, just being like, um, it's okay to, to go 20 seconds yeah. before my three minutes are up, you yeah. know? So it's, it's both a science and an art, yeah. right? Yeah, it's kind of like the other end of the spectrum where, where it feels like too long a rest. Yeah. Then I think uh, uh, then it requires a little bit of more overlook on how hard did you really go on that last set. Yeah. Like, you know, if you didn't push as hard as you probably could have or mm -hmm. probably should have, then mm -hmm. that's why you're feeling like you, you don't need as much rest. Got it. And then you yeah. got to kind of identify what you're really trying to get out of your, your training mm -hmm. session. If you're really going for strength, then you need to push the intensity up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if it's 
you know, if you're just going for you know you know faster pace, then then sure, I guess beyond yeah. by all means do that. But mm -hmm. kind of identify what you want out of it first. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then so so that's kind of like I mean I guess we just did get into um, how Yin and Yang show up in uh, in coaching, also in your training. I'm curious though, come back to your training. Do you feel like you are more of a a Yin oriented person or more of a a Yang oriented person? And it maybe it shows up yeah. differently in different aspects of your life. Yeah, I would say like definitely probably on the more yang side. Okay. At least like in the aspect of training. I always love doing fast, powerful things. I'll always love going heavy. Mm -hmm. Um I think like maybe like the you know, another example of, of yin would be kinda of like the like the bodybuilding where it's more focused, it's more kind of the yield to the tension yeah. of, of that muscle. But I was always drawn to pushing things as hard and as fast as possible. Mm. So definitely, I'd say more on the, the yang side. Got it. Yeah. Do you feel like there's been, uh, is there like a, a lesson or a memory that comes to mind that that uh, guided you towards yin, towards building yin practices? Oh. Tough one. It is honestly probably injury. Right? Okay. The, uh, I mean, the injuries are a gift, really. Mm -hmm. um, they really kind of show you what, you're not doing right. You really just take a, you know, <laughs> you got to look back and, and see, you know, self-reflection. Mm -hmm. So when uh, I had some some lower back issues before, you know, with you know disc herniations and and kind of bad issues like that, you got to step back and kind of I realized that you know my flexibility really wasn't where it needed to be. My mobility wasn't where it needed to be. Mm -hmm. and then just how I created tension right through like a, like learning how to hip hinge and things like that. So. As far as like yin goes, it's more of a mindset on like a broad spectrum. I wouldn't say like session by session, mm -hmm. but in terms of incorporating more of those just yin style practices to yeah. balance out all the other stuff that I did. Yeah, 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 totally. And then just not incorporating that yeah. as, a, as a lifestyle moving yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah. So what is one of the yin practices that you, um, I guess, that you are most excited about now? Ooh. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, but like kind of right now, what you know, in my personal training, what I'm focusing most on is probably a uh, mobility of, of just because I'm you know every now and then that kind of back will still come up. It'll still be like hip mobility, ankle mobility, kind of finding out where, identifying like what specifically is kind of the weaker link in mm -hmm. in that kind of practice there. Um, so in you know, general part of parts of my warm up are they're going to be more hip mobility related, yeah, more ankle mobility related. And then, like, uh, <laughs> my hamstrings have always been pretty relentless okay. yeah. in, in, in that sense. So they, they've improved over the years. So uh -huh. I think that's one of the big big stepping stones I've, I've taken over the years. But still working on, on that kind of flexibility. Okay. I suppose, yep. yeah. So, it, so putting it before your workouts, you make it a priority to make sure. Yeah, not too good. much on the, on the static stuff, but, like, all the mobility work just to be make sure I'm feeling a little bit looser going in. I might not feel as strong, but I'll take feeling more mobile and, and, uh, and just a better movement quality yeah. Yeah. over feeling as strong. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this is a metaphorical question, but like people, I, I know that in, in the weightlifting community, there is a little bit of fear around flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like you were saying, you were saying like you, you might actually be sacrificing some yeah. of your peak strength yeah. um, by increasing your flexibility. Um, but what would you say to if there's someone who's listening right now who um, who wants to get stronger um, and 
they feared that flexibility, what would you say to them? Well, focus on everything. I mean, this is a long game, right? This, this is a you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 year long approach. Uh, so if you're like, you know, just starting out, work on everything, right? Everything, I mean, you can be strong and flexible. Like look at every Olympic weightlifter in the history of the Olympics and yeah. <laughs> like look at how flexible they are. They are still yeah. so strong. Yeah. Like there, there is strength within movement and strength within that flexibility. Mm -hmm. If you start, if you're, if you're able to achieve those positions and Right, just learning how to be strong in those elongated positions, essentially. Awesome. Um, I think like with like like the more maximal stuff, like like powerlifting, and there is a a you know thing of, of being. It's all about developing tension, especially in like the deadlift, you know, things like that. And even like I mean the squat and the bench, right? Developing tension, right? Especially on like the eccentric or developing tension right before that concentric on on mm -hmm. the deadlift. You have to create your own tension, so. Mm -hmm. You you don't you're not too lax and so, that, so you can stay as rigid as possible against yeah. that overloading resistance. Mm. So I think there is something to say about being tense and being and then having that kind yeah. of tightness. But yeah. I think it, it does need to be situational. Yeah. And I think it's more of a skill of learning how to develop that tension as opposed to being just chronically tight. Yeah. yeah. It's like being able to turn it on and off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also increasing your capacity of like how how strong you yeah. can turn it on. Totally. Which typically mean I mean not always but in my opinion if you if you're able to go to a certain intensity like you can also relax mm -hmm. like the equal and opposite amount sure so that's why it's all about like exploring your edges right yeah. your end ranges um very cool so so that's that's some of your yin uh yin practices um in your training and then we'll get into your <laughs> into your clients training um what is the the yang practice that you are most excited about now for your training besides caffeine? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a problem. Um, I, I still love being explosive. Like I, I can't get away from it. Every time I like take a break from training, mm -hmm. and I always just want to jump right back in. Right, a lot of it kind of revolves around just like odd object stuff, like sandbags and stones and. It's like kind of like typical strongman movements, like uh, like circus dumbbell, you know, press yes. and yeah. you know stuff like that. I love the axle, love just kind of weird things like the grenades holding on. So just making things harder than they really need to be. Yeah. Um, being explosive with kind of like those movements, or you're just taking things as as heavy as yeah. <laughs> possible. Yeah. Yeah. For those who don't know what these pieces of equipment are that Spencer is naming, I'll um, put a link in the show notes that that shows you what these pieces of equipment are. Fun time. The grenades are like a, um, how would you describe them? There's like, like a, a ball. ball attachment. Yeah, it's just yeah, like a metal ball. ball, kind of shaped like a grenade, it's just like a, a sphere that you can yeah. hang from a handle or a pull-up bar. Yeah. It just has a strap and just makes a, you know, the grip a lot. A lot more challenging than yeah. it looks too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, so power-based stuff. Is, yeah. Is, yeah. Is there one power-based movement that you are uh, like trying to master right now? I wouldn't say trying to master right now. Um, or progress it. Hmm. Yeah, like the uh, like a dumbbell clean and press. Like we don't have any circus dumbbells here, but just going kind of like the circus dumbbell clean and press that you might see it like Arnold or like most strongman competitions. Yeah. That was one of my weaker links for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, in the in the years past, and just kind of developing like overhead strength. Okay. And it's always been more of a weakness of mine. Mm -hmm. Was uh, like the push jerk, the split jerk, and the and the push press for sure. Nice. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. Um, and then how about in your uh, in your clients' training? Um, I guess we could take 
classes as an example like what is one uh one practice that you have them do that's more like um fiery yang oriented to um bring out the best performance in them yeah so uh like take like the strength training class for example it is like a kind of purely barbell dumbbell you know cable general strength training oriented class that is kind of based on the four you know big movements like uh like squat overhead press deadlift and, and bench press mm -hmm. but at the beginning of every session we always start with some power-based movements right you know getting those you know if you want to talk kind of scientifically it's about getting those you know type 2 fibers firing to that nervous system activated yeah. um get them moving explosively and quickly and then things you know it starts to you know just activate a bit more for like the heavier lifts on the main movement so like um you know We'll work with some variations of like the Olympic lifts, like you know, single arm snatches or uh, you know, uh, barbell high pulls or hang cleans or you know, really kind of explosive hip down movements. Or we'll even do like throws, like with uh, with med balls. With um, we won't do it with dumbbells. Like <laughs> med balls, <laughs> no, we'll, do, dumbbell we'll, do, uh, we'll do jumps. Yeah. Kind of explosive band movements, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. Just thing, just to get them moving quickly, because a lot of times you know in everyday life we don't we don't have the general necessity to move yeah. fast. Like, like I can't really think like unless you have to catch your child right. or right. something but right. practicing that I mean that's how people get hurt in everyday lives that they don't practice that type mm -hmm. of fast movement on a regular basis so yeah. getting them to do that and do it so safely as well just like a you know teaching them how to depth drop how to land from a jump if they are if they do have the, yeah. some capacity to jump yeah or learning how to throw with your whole body not just by your arms, right? Using your legs, using your using your hips, yeah, as well. So full, teach them how body. to be explosive in in a safe manner. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and what that uh, makes me think about is is how you were talking about self expression. Movement is self expression, mm -hmm. and besides it, besides there being a functional um, benefit of training explosivity um, and like quickness uh, for outside of the gym, I feel like. Um, something that I, I run into and, and it's like kind of a sweet spot that I like to challenge my clients on is like it doesn't always feel safe to express power, to express totally, yeah. speed, to express just being big, feeling big, feeling, you know, mm -hmm. feeling powerful outside of the gym. Not everyone yeah. always has it. In fact, people probably feel the opposite in a lot of parts of their life, mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of times in a work setting or no, could be yeah. in, in relationships or whatever, but like the gym setting or the training setting, that container um, is such a great opportunity to yeah. feel something different, to totally. feel something on the complete yeah. opposite um, end of the spectrum. And so that's it. That's just, it made me think about that. It's like we train not just for functionality, but also for mm -hmm. feeling, right? Totally, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can ask anybody, like, when's the last time you threw anything as hard <laughs> as you possibly could? Like it Never. just doesn't happen, <laughs> right? Yeah. In, in life, yeah. Mm -hmm. so that's a great point. That it doesn't really happen in like kind of, especially in like a workplace setting. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. It it makes me think about also. Um, I don't know who said this quote, but it's that emotion is the desire to do something, and motion is doing it. <laughs> so a lot of times, um, what I'll I will do is like my initial conversation with my clients or even with myself, right? I ask myself before every training session. I tap into my emotion. I'm like, what is it that I'm desiring? to do or what is it that I'm even desiring to feel and then I use that feeling based inspiration to guide myself into okay, what yeah. motions I'm going to do that's mm -hmm. kind of how my process works and for I think that one of the big reasons um, or one of the big benefits of working with a coach is so that you can then 
develop that intuition, you know, yeah. because if I just told someone today, if I just asked someone today, how are you feeling and how do you want to feel? Okay, great. Go, go express that. Mm -hmm. You know, they might just be like, they might just be paralyzed yeah. in place. They might just yeah. be, you know, they go, you go to what you know. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not expanding your toolbox, then yeah. you have fewer options of expressing that. Yeah. And so that's, that's how I look at my training. Um, and, um, and then you can go into, so when there's days where I'm feeling kind of um, trapped or stuck or whatever, then sometimes, you know, sometimes I just, I need like slower breathing and, and yin-based stuff to open up. But other days it's like, I want to feel powerful. And going to a class like yours, you can learn through motion how to feel powerful. Sure. And it's, and this is, this is kind of starts a process of actually becoming more powerful because through motion, you can create that transformation versus just thinking it in your head. Yeah. So I think that's one of like, I don't know if, if you would agree or not, but like training to me, why it's such a big gift is that it actually creates real transformation rather than just telling yourself a story in your head. Oh, it's totally, like yeah. you're, you are becoming that yeah. person. You are changing like on a cellular level. Yeah. Not just through your thoughts, but like your your brain needs that action. It's like yeah. I did kettlebell swings, and that was powerful. I have become more powerful. Yeah. you know. Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you are what you do, right? You are what you do. Yeah. yeah. That's just not just what you what you think you do, yeah. <laughs> right? Totally. You could write up the best plan for someone if they just read it. They're yeah. not going to change, right? No. Yeah. Well, it has to have like some sort of conviction. Then you have to have conviction mm -hmm. in what you're doing at yeah. that time too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So kind of along those lines, how do you balance, like, you know, asking yourself, you know, how you feel, how do you want to feel? Mm. How do you balance that with, say you have this greater goal yeah. that you want to achieve this. Mm -hmm. You know, say you're not feeling as this, what you need to feel. Yeah. Or you're not feeling what you need to feel in order to, to accomplish what yeah. you need to accomplish in the long term. Yeah. How do you balance out that kind of discipline of doing it anyway mm. versus how you feel? Mm. You're saying if, like, on that day, I don't want to feel what the greater goal requires. Yeah, say your greater goal is to run a marathon. You have, okay. like, a 10-mile run today. Yeah. And you're just not right. doing it. But right. you know your your inner self, you, your kind of higher self, wants to do that. Yeah. Right? And wants to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. How does, what, what, you know, at what point does the discipline take over versus the, versus the feeling? The, the thing that comes to my mind, it's a good question because I feel like, I don't know if I've received this criticism from the outside or I've just criticized myself before. <laughs> Sometimes don't remember. <laughs> but um, but that idea of like, Abby, don't just go and do whatever you want to do. Like, how are you going to achieve what you want to do? You know, I feel like um, the way that I have learned to see uh, reaching goals is to, well, actually to me. So if you, if I have like a really concrete goal, then I'm able to direct my energy into like a, a more narrow funnel. You know what yeah, I mean? Focused, so yeah. yeah, yeah, stay focused on it, and then maybe say no more frequently to the to the thing that I would otherwise want to do, rather than just like you know going out and playing, like doing whatever movement I want to do. There might be certain movement patterns that I have to hone to become a better runner mm -hmm. than just just right. doing whatever weightlifting you know, movements that I would like to do. Yeah. Um, uh, on the other hand, um, I feel like, so I, well, what I'll say is that I, 
I, at some point in my life, I started to focus on the process way more than the destination. Um, and then rather than having like one specific goal or achievement be the end all be all, it became like, what is, what is the goal lifestyle? Like, what is the goal to me, actually like the, the end result of is like how I want to feel mm -hmm. actually. Um, but anyways, to answer your question, <laughs> to answer your question, I will, so that the balance I think is knowing that if I am too, coming back to yin and yang, if I am too disciplined, like let's say um, I have workouts written out for like four weeks or something, which I don't, <laughs> but let's say I did, let's say as a coach gave me workouts for four weeks, I know my personality well enough to know that that is too restrictive for mm -hmm. me. And so the way I balance it is by simply, I think the, the simplest way of putting it is giving myself permission to play. Mm -hmm. So this is the plan. If I'm sticking to it 80% of the time in order to get to that, to that end goal, mm -hmm. then that is good enough because if I, if I go for 100% perfection, I will shut down. Like mm -hmm. I will, I will burn out. I will, so I just know it's working with my personality because mm -hmm. I've done it enough yeah. reach trying to reach really high for certain goals and knowing it's not just reaching that goal, but like, how can I be a happy person in the process? Because yeah. to me that I don't want to sacrifice that for, right. for the goal. Like I have before, yeah, totally, <laughs> I yeah. think sometimes you need, but, but I think you need, it requires being out of balance in pursuit of a goal to, to learn that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, no, I totally agree. I was going to ask you if you think it kind of is a requirement. Like, do you think you should go through that <laughs> suck anyway, that bad experience anyway, yeah. that kind of pain in order to learn to rebalance? Or do you think someone's goal, right? Because I mean, our, our job is our jobs as coaches is to help people not go through the bad things that we went through. But sometimes mm -hmm. is it critically necessary to go through mm -hmm. those those harder situations? There's parts of me that want to say yes, and there's yeah. parts of me that want to say no. The yeah. part that wants to say yes is if you don't, like you you do, I feel like you do need to know that that experience. Mm -hmm. So, but the amount of discipline that's going to be too much is going to be different for each yeah. person. So, it's like meeting yourself where you are, meeting your client where they are. So, you know, whether it's nutrition or it's exercise or it's something, it's meditation or whatever it is, like. I try to feel really, um, I just really try to be aware, like when I'm presenting a plan to a client, like what is their body language? What is their energy as I'm saying this? Like, do I feel them like contracting and getting smaller, like making a face that they're trying yeah. not to make, you know, as I'm saying like, okay, so for 30 days you're going to, so I try not to, I think that there's like a, a middle path. I think of like there's a gentle way to present more discipline than someone is used to if that's what they need. Yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, I think that oftentimes there's people who come to me and they're starting with too like a lot of pressure, like yeah. too much pressure to Absolutely. perform, yeah. and so it's actually not helpful to add more discipline. Yeah. And you have, it's kind of a game. You have yeah. to find really, really, uh, you have to be savvy about like how you're setting up the strategy. So like one that I always like to use is just like starting with one, 
right? So rather than like looking at for four weeks, okay, today, this is what you're going to do. And then just knowing that like the goal is to keep moving forward. So it's like for, that's actually like the core of all my coaching is just to like help people generate momentum for themselves, get themselves unstuck. And then like just keep moving forward. So I think that in a way it's like a necessary medicine to like, push yourself too hard or expect too much of yourself or even for, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing as a coach to expect like to instill, uh, even a high, like almost a higher level of belief in the client than they even have in themselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I'll hear it a lot from my clients. Like good thing you believe in me. Yeah. And I'm like, and that's like, uh, it's like hard to hear, yeah. but I'm also like, this is why you have to keep showing up yeah. so that you can well, start, yeah, this you know, have that same job, level. Yeah. Right. Like, so in a way setting those goals that are bigger than you might be able to conceive like in in pushing yourself to follow you know like let's say eight reps feels insane to do 12 like on the put 12 on the plan that's how you find how much you're capable of so with discipline specifically i think it's a very um individualized thing Mm -hmm. depends on what's going on in your life what is your personality all those things with growth in general and how humans grow, I think you absolutely need um, you absolutely need to ask yourself to do more than you've done before. Yeah. Yeah. Would you yeah, agree with in that? In some capacity, yeah. In some capacity, yeah. yeah. It might not yeah. always be more weight or more reps. Right. Or or different even. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Something different. Right. In order to change. Totally. Otherwise, yeah. you, you know, stay the same. Insanity. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, very cool. So. We have a lot of uh, topics here on the board. So we got really deep into the yin and the yang. Um, one one other thread of the yin and the yang that I'd like to touch on is um, like your fuel sources. And I don't mean your... Um, yeah, my carbs. <laughs> your my carbs. Caffeine. I don't mean your carbs and your <laughs> caffeine, although those are very important. <laughs> I mean more so uh, energetically. What is the, the fuel that you are using for peak performance and um as i've already gathered a sense of like you honor and and utilize it all it's not like one is right or one is wrong so um maybe you can give an example of um the type of workout that you would use um so I'll, i'll put it in terms of this there's i think of a story um called the Iron War, right? And was, I was starting to tell you about it the other day. Um, so there were two two professional triathletes. They were hip to hip, head to head, running in an, in an Ironman at the end of the race. What got them to that point of tying for first place um, was two very, very different um, mindsets. Mm-hmm. And I would say even one had more of a mindset, one had more of what I would call like a heart set. training from the heart versus training from the mind Mm -hmm. so one of them had used that inner fire and uh, you could even call it anger to to train and that was what what he used to show up for every single training session and it was about I often uh, this might be a projection but I feel like that's outwardly casting the energy Mm -hmm. right Um, and then the other the other guy the other competitor was was running more on um you could call it 
I, you could say it was love, right? Love and um, more of a, a spiritual type of energy and a curiosity for how, what he could accomplish. Not to say that they didn't each have those, yeah. but it was what they chose, they consciously chose to use as their primary fuel source, right? Yeah. It's like someone, like we can digest carbohydrates, we can digest fat, yeah. um, but someone who is ketogenic decides that they're going to make yeah. <laughs> that that's, that's primary choice, yeah. fuel source, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so how do those, I, I'll just say, first of all, I know I use both of those. I know that um, I have gotten, I have achieved great levels um, of, of seeing what I'm capable of, um, both athletically and non-athletically, by using kind of the fiery energy as my fuel source. And I've also experienced a lot of um, like just unpleasantness in like kind of the, that that is what I am constantly cultivating, right? Yeah. So it doesn't feel great, but it also kind of felt necessary. It's kind of recognizing, yeah, that, that yeah. evil, yeah. Yeah, 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 the evil, evil in it, but, it. but it's like, yeah, yeah, but it's like dark energy, yeah. it's almost like dark energy. Um, and then I have, it kind of drew, it kind of motivated me to see like, couldn't I just use the, like, if energy is just energy, couldn't I just, like, yeah. feel good and use the complete opposite um, that's love? And just, like, it kind of um, led me into this whole pathway of experiencing the, like, peak joy in movement, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, how do you use those two different energies? More of, like, the fiery, heat, kind of angry type of yeah. energy and then more of, like, the love and joy kind of energy in yeah, your training. Sure. Um, it's funny, like, uh, since we last mentioned it, you know, a few days ago or a week ago or whatever, mm -hmm. I've had a few workouts since then, and I started to kind of self-reflect on how I do go about thinking, like, throughout my sets and throughout the workout and stuff. Yeah. And it is definitely more on the anger side of thing. I, maybe not, like, anger, but... Right, that's what you're like saying. The, the first thing that comes different. to mind is, like, the Michael Jordan thing, like, the last last dance thing, where mm -hmm. he would make up stories about other people. Yeah, yeah. What they were saying. It, it yeah. was honestly kind of, like, the same thing, where, like, some of it, I mean, this might just be not true, <laughs> but you think about, like, like oh, yeah. they're looking at me weird, or, like, like what are they going to say about, yeah, yeah. about this, yeah. or yeah. what they say about, like, like, you know, the weight I'm lifting. It, it was stuff like that, and I think mm -hmm. it's always been kind of stuff like that mostly when i'm by myself okay is, is kind of what i've noticed like when um like i've kind of noticed it's like the, creating an opponent that's not it, it honestly is yeah. yeah but then when there are opponents that wasn't there it's mm. like uh like whenever i would you know in college i would work out with my brother and you know a few friends and stuff and it was all out of joy like we would all push each other and like yeah. same thing like when i competed yeah you're like you're in a competition but i never felt any sort of anger or like that kind of same energy yeah. towards like the competition itself yeah. it was always just out of fun like i'm gonna show you what i'm like yeah like, let's see what i could fucking do like, yeah, yeah yeah it wasn't like i'm gonna i'm gonna beat you or i'm gonna beat them yeah like i'm gonna win it's like yeah. i want to see what i can get yeah and then like after you're done you cheer on the other guy to see what he can get yeah and so like it's, it's funny like reflecting on that when i was with like in a social environment it was always out of kind of joy out of the more the lighter spirited yeah type stuff and like those those bro workouts are always so much fun because of that mm -hmm. and then i notice that you know when i'm by myself i think i get a lot more done and i it's a bit more vicious but it does kind of rely on that more anger side of thing yeah yeah and then kind of thinking about it you know since we talked i thought like a third third thing is like honestly like fear was was probably a third driver mm. uh, it has been a third driver like kind of in the past 
and it could be kind of like you know fear of multiple things it could be like you know fear fear of failure or fear of not you know being the athlete that you know i'm supposed to be as a coach you know you know it's uh what's the saying you know you got to look the part essentially yeah yeah and you know fear of not doing that or you know fear like i can't do what i tell other people to do yeah it's like that kind of fear or just you know feeling someone else or Mm -hmm. feeling myself Mm -hmm. and i think that's always been like kind of another hidden driver for Mm -hmm. me yeah yeah so fear, yeah, fear. That's a that's a good that's a good point. I think that um, yeah, I think that with that fear, one thing that I think about is how it can be like it can be a positive. There can be a positive motivation that comes from fear and a, a negative motivation that comes from fear, right? So like. And without any judgment either, like it's a, it's a huge source of fuel. So if you can oh, yeah. see the opportunity in it, because it's like, if I don't do this, then I, so in, in some way it's like an avoidance of a feeling, but that's just one way of looking at it. the other way of looking at it. It's like, it's chasing a, a different feeling or mm-hmm. creating another feeling. So like the fear of really of, of leaving your potential untapped, right. Yeah. Is kind of what it is. And and then whatever ideas or images come along with that, right? So um, do you feel like, I think it ties it all together, do you feel like in your own training, in your own, in your own psyche, when you're, when you're training now uh, alone, um, are you able to tap into sort of like the lighter side of, the, I guess the, the lighter parts of like kind of that shadow energy, like how... You, yes, you might be creating an enemy or whatever, you know, like you, there's, there's something that you are fighting against, but are you, are you also able to feel, I guess, um, how it's all just like a positive experience? Yeah, I think, I think sometimes there are, um, I think it depends on like my goal at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm really trying to chase something, it's kind of a bit harder to do. Yeah. Um, if it's more kind of like relaxed, if I'm in like a you know deal it situation or I'm like in between programs and stuff, like the whole goal is just to enjoy it. Yeah. And I think that's what I've had to make that a priority, just to avoid that kind of burnout of right. that negative mindset. Yeah. Essentially, as like the only goal for the day is to feel good and be happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been been uh, like one of the more challenging things to accomplish, I think, because mm-hmm. there's always been kind of a goal driven thing. Yeah. Or as opposed to like it's not just like a not like lifting weights just to lift weights. In the end, I kind of am. Like <laughs> yeah. we all we all really right. are. I mean, right. your, your last PR is coming. My last PR is coming. <laughs> um, we're lifting weights to lift weights, but yeah, it's uh it, it's kind of hard to get into that mindset when it's always been so intense and like to to lift like a certain amount of weight like requires a certain level of intensity. So like if you really want to get stronger, if you, if you you know scientifically you know got a maybe you know eighty percent above. So you kind of work on that that strength gain. Yeah. Like, well, you know, eighty percent. If that's like four fifty, like it, it takes a certain level to, like of, of mindset. Like, I'm not sure like casually walk up and right. squat four fifty. Yeah. You need but, that, yeah, that it, fire. It's a requirement to in order to get out of the training session. What I want to get out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so like we were talking about earlier, it's like it's a skill to be able to toggle back and forth between mm-hmm. like the like like whatever even even in your own self-talk you could probably hear it and feel it like between like telling yourself like 
let's fucking go. Like, you know, there's that's, that, there's that, good. right? There's that, and then there's, Word like, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then there's, like, the, like, okay, you're going to do great. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they're very different messages, very different, or the same message, like, promoting the same thing, but yeah. very different tones. And um, I personally think that, like, one of the things, one of the reasons I love training, and you were talking about walking the walk, mm -hmm. to me it's a lot about, for sure, there's the aesthetic um, aspect of it. It's like I there's a certain look that oh, I want, yeah. but there's also like the the full like like how good of a coach can I be to myself? Yeah. And, and that is to me that's the metric of how good of a coach can I be for totally. someone else? I think that's huge. Yeah. And like so, if I can only talk in one tone to myself, if I can only be the let's fucking go voice, yeah. then. That's really not going to work. It's like that using like a hammer, you know, yeah. like for yeah, everything, for, whatever. Yeah. yeah. To fix everything. Yeah. Um, or to, to if you only tell you how is a hammer, then yeah. everything's a nail. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, like if I, so, so I'm always reflecting internally also just to see like, and that's why it's a gift to have that kind of um, feedback process with my clients because every time I'm presented with someone different, they might need a different coaching style. Yeah. And so it's like, I'll ask myself, can I coach myself that way? <laughs> you know, like, and so as, as much as I can uh, explore within myself is as much as I can help someone explore within totally. th their, themselves yeah. as well. Um, and so on, on that topic, um, getting into, into coaching, um, something that I did want to discuss, uh, it's not even on the board, is just yeah. what, to you, what, what makes a great coach? In a coach, you know, a coach is different than a, even than a trainer, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there, there's so many different ways to answer this and it's, mm -hmm. it's so dependent on, you know, what you're coaching, who you're coaching and definitely kind of what you're trying to get out of it. How I kind of visualized it when I was thinking about it was kind of like a, like a pyramid. Mm -hmm. um, you have a, you have your baseline level. And I think everyone in this profession or in any coaching, teaching profession gets into that profession, obviously not be, because of the money or mm -hmm. whatever. That just doesn't happen. You're, you're <laughs> in the wrong place if you are. Um, it's because they care about yeah you know, you know, helping others, doing right by them, you know, doing no harm and things like that. Um, so I think that's obviously like a baseline level of thing that's below the pyramid. That's just mm -hmm. a basal requirement mm -hmm. in order oh, okay. to, to build your pyramid on. Yeah. I think if, if, I mean, I think you can really see if someone doesn't care about, you know, who they're coaching or what they're doing, mm -hmm. even if it's just like that client or whatever, they can, I think you can almost like smell it on them. It's yeah. <laughs> like they, they don't want to be there. Is it like, is it a selflessness? Is that kind of the... That'd be the word yeah, I mean, maybe generosity. Yeah, I mean, it's wanting to do right by the. I mean, even call them a customer. Even it's it's about you know giving them the best product that you can. So you know, baseline level was was care, and right. like, kind of like the care. quote that yeah, the you know quote that comes to mind was uh, no one cares about how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. So yeah. I mean, just like wanting to help them. Um, and if, if you don't know everything, you're going to do what it takes to find out and to kind of progress from there. So that was like kind of baseline level, right? Bottom of the pyramid for me was like doing the job you were hired to do essentially, right? Mm -hmm. You, at your baseline level, even if you guys don't gel well or things like that, you got results, you gave them what they came here to do. Mm -hmm. And even if it was like it maybe somewhat the wrong way, but they knew they got a good experience yeah. out of it yeah. for, you know, obviously what they pay for it's a business. Yeah. So right. you're, you're giving them what they're, what they're actually paying for. Mm. Um, you know, you're doing it safely, doing it like over the long term. Mm -hmm. And then above that, right, it's just about, you know, going above and beyond making that like the best hour of their day 
or whatever it is. I mean, it kind of goes without saying, like, I think a lot of the, the main basic things just get so, uh, like, looked over. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's being prepared, like having a plan, having a program ready for this, this person, this team, yeah. this group, right? It's being, you know, on time. It's giving them the whole hour that they're paying for it, being, you know, having that kind of attention and getting, giving your all for that whole yeah. amount of time. I think it just gets so overlooked. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it, too, every now and then where you kind of get distracted or you're having a bad day or whatever. You know, of course that happens, but I think the, the intention of going in there, right, treating them as like the client, not just a client. I love it, yeah. In, in that kind of regard. So just kind of going above and beyond about like, you know, doing your research on if they have a, you know, post-ACL thing, by doing your research on, okay, what, you know, is contraindicated, what, what should they be doing? What do they need to work on? What do I need to look for? Yeah. And then you know, implementing that in your programming and implementing that into their whole, like the setup of this, of the, of the session, yeah. of the whole workout. And it was doing a great job at what you do. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of go above that. And then it's going to be more the kind of social, emotional impact that you can have on this person, right? The, the kind of impact, like the influence you can have on their life outside of the session. Mm-hmm. Whether it be like, you know, you might help them out, give them workouts, give them a plan afterwards or checking in on a weekly basis. Yeah. Or, you know, it goes back to that caring thing of actually wanting them to succeed. Mm-hmm. But then also being kind of a confidant where it's, it's a, they, they build their trust in yeah. you, not just as a co or as a, as a trainer, but as a person to rely on or a mentor or yeah. someone to kind of help out in other needs besides the physical. Right. Um, and then kind of the, the top of the pyramid for me was almost honestly just like creating a level of, what was it, a, really like mastery and autonomy. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, my, my honestly, my goal is because um, not someone, I mean, if they want to, you know, train with me forever, then that's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll be with you for 30 years. But <laughs> that's usually not the goal. So, I mean, my goal with them is to learn as much as they can about themselves and about this kind of experience of taking care of themselves in a, in a physical or emotional uh, kind of way and then being able to build that themselves. Yeah. It's kind of giving them that sense of mastery of, you know, feeling what they're feeling and just kind of just knowledge about their abilities, about how workouts can be put together, how, you know, how their body works, what is good form, how to tell if they're not doing good form, you know, things like that, how to take care of their nutrition, their sleep, their recovery, yeah. um, just kind of bouncing on on that of being able to be self-sufficient I and mean, that's kind of the, the goal for yeah. me is to te- teach them to be autonomous yeah yeah and it's kind of it's uh i think that that is what can differentiate um a coach not not even a coach from a trainer more so uh, a coach from like of course we we are also doing business right yeah. we're doing business so you were mentioning like someone wants to be with me for 30 years that's great but as a coach, I think that your your primary mission, like you were saying, is to empower someone to empower themselves. Totally. Right. Yeah. So it's almost um, an accomplishment when they say like, "I don't need you anymore." Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and so leaving the nest, like yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think as a coach, something that's very important is to take um, maybe like anything that would stem from from ego out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Um, from the unhealthy side of ego, like greediness and, yeah. and coming from a place of scarcity, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I need you to be with me because yeah. like, because I am your coach or because I, yeah. I need money or because I, any of that stuff and just really being able to see how you're providing, um, 
you're providing a, a service um, and it's not, it's, you're looking at, you're looking at the human. You're not looking at it as like just a transaction, right? right? Yeah. You're looking at the human and you're looking at what is the bigger, like, and in a way it's, it's money or not. You know, I, I look at mo money is just like potential energy, right? I get more energy. I get more energized by someone who would say that to me because I'm like, wow, like you've, you've made it. Like, what are you going to do next? You know, like, where are you going next? Like, yeah. and to me, that's, yeah, I see it the same way. It's, it's empowering people to empower themselves. Um, and like, I'm trying to think if I've, I've always had that. I think at times probably it was harder when I was first getting started to always, um, I guess, carry that energy or like, mm -hmm. like be with that because I was coming from a place of more scarcity. So yeah. it's, it's to be completely honest, it's hard, it's but that's always first, been the yeah. mission. Like that's all I've always felt yeah. that from my heart. And so I agree with you. I really like that that is un even underneath the pyramid is just like, it takes someone who cares first, yeah. right? Like you wouldn't even enter the profession and you're probably not a, you know, a, authentically a coach if you are starting out with a need to make money. Right. You're going to overlook mm -hmm. things. You're going to overlook the, it's no longer human to human. It's mm -hmm. like, it just starts to feel a little bit artificial. Yeah. I think. Um, so, yeah, to me, I would even say that the emotional, social might go underneath, uh, like in my order of the pyramid, mm -hmm. it might go okay. underneath where you're you're giving them like the exercises and the programs that they need only because I really feel that it's important to create um, to create the safety and the trust which it's hard I kind of feel like all these could go into one layer yeah, on their it's, own. it's more of a pie right it's more of a pie thank you it's easier to think yeah. of it in terms of a pie right the ingredients can mix a little bit yeah, it's pie. <laughs> yeah. because I feel like um, you know it's one way of building trust is by is by showing your knowledge. Mm -hmm. Another way of showing trust uh, or building trust is by um, some sometimes like it's like it's an art, right? Like if we think about uh, when you're when you're taking someone through a workout, you know, you might have um, a barbell back squat planned for them, and you they might feel and that might be the thing that would get them to their goal, but then they don't mm -hmm. feel safe there. Yeah. So it's like stepping back and being like what would make you feel the most safe because that's going to impede on their performance and they're totally. not feeling safe maybe they'll do it yeah. but they might be in a very really like um you know bound up stage yeah. yeah very too rigid right mm -hmm. so it's interesting I think yeah that, that. Well, it's kind of balancing out you know what artistry <laughs> yeah of kind of helping them build their confidence like if like say, like say, we got you on a barbell, it's a 15 pound barbell. Like we're gonna get yeah. you like to back squat that bar mm -hmm. first and just building that confidence of, you know, maybe taking away that fear of the barbell just as an entity yeah. and get, get, getting them the confidence to eventually squat, you know, full 45 pound barbell. Mm -hmm. And that's like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Right. Like, or even maybe if they're, if they're really capable, right? Start them on a 45, it's like, no, I really believe you can do this. It's like, we're gonna like, I'll be right here with you like yeah like, and just kind of exactly. having them almost like kick them out of the nest a little bit <laughs> yeah and, yeah yeah it's you know, true it's, it's very like, true yeah it's like you so, got this yeah sometimes the you the like the monster is bigger than in your head yeah. than it is yeah but like, i do think you need to build that trust first mm -hmm. otherwise yeah it could 
turn into that uncomfortable situation. Yeah. yeah. Because I I know it. I, I have clients who I know I can see it. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're experts at seeing like what's what people are, are capable of and when we do assessments, it's like where are you starting? I can see people who could easily start with a barbell, but yeah. there's some fear of a barbell. Yeah. So it's not always yeah. starting where scientifically it would make the most sense. I mean, I guess looking at this the branch of science that is psychology mm-hmm. in order yeah. to to find that right yeah. part. So that's yeah. That's uh, and that's why I, lo- I love like, I love that process of of figuring out how to meet people where they yeah. are. It's not always easy. And everyone's <laughs> path is different. Where it's going to uh-huh. take longer for this person than it does for that person. For sure. I mean, and sometimes, especially like during like my strength class, for mm-hmm. for example, like I won't push them to to do really anything. For like like I won't like tell them like, oh, you can do more weight than that. I'll let them kind of figure it out on their own. Yeah. I was like, it might take like four months before they start putting a, like a single two and a half on the bar, but but eventually they do it out of their own volition, out of their yeah. own curiosity, yeah. and that's the that's kind of what that mm-hmm. tipping point that starts them right into that more you know that higher confidence. Do you find it hard to hold back from? Uh, oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. Like, I know you can do more. Like I know you've got yeah. more in you. Yeah. But it's it's also it's that balancing act of right pushing them too far and yeah. keeping keeping the chief goal yeah. for them to become autonomous yeah. and, and, and challenging themselves, yeah. right? Yeah, and going further. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this. What do you, what do you feel um, is the definition of strong? Like, what does it mean yeah. to be strong? Uh, it's a bold statement, bold, bold question. <laughs> um, I, I mean, just kind of like, you know, one sentence definition is about being resilient or having the ability to withstand and or overcome kind of any resistance. Okay. So, I mean, it could be, it could be physical, it could be emotional, but no, I say withstand because it's also, I think it could be in support of, mm-hmm. right? You can be strong supporting others, mm-hmm. right? You might not be fighting anything, but you're helping other people fight their, their battles. You're helping other people be strong. I think that is a strong thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, withstanding that anything that, you know, being in control of how you react to things and being in control of, of your environment and, you know, everything that you can control and how you react to it. I think that is also a, a strength in kind of resistance, but also overcoming. It's about pushing in the direction that you want to push in and being having the courage and the strength to continually push in that direction mm-hmm. against whatever resistance that you're going up against. Yeah. So agree or disagree, strength comes from within. Agree, yeah. I think it needs to be stimulated from, I think something, sometimes you need something to push against. Yeah. 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 So it comes from within, but I think it needs a catalyst. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, we're going to do a, uh, a light and fluffy round now because we got super into the, the deep <laughs> <laughs> of the uh, yeah. of the human experience. So on the lighter sides of the human human experience, um, let's start with what is your favorite food? Uh, right off the bat, it's like cookies. I swear. Any specific kind? A uh, huge Oreo fan. Oreo, okay. But my mom makes the best. Like classic chocolate chip cookies. Double double stuff is the only way to go <laughs> on an Oreo. Don't even argue with me with that. <laughs> um, yeah, if I were to pick like a real food, it'd probably be like 
steak or sushi. Actually, no, I'm going to eliminate that. It's going to be eggs. I cannot eggs. live without eggs. Okay. Like, like dinner food, yeah, I love, love steak, love sushi, but, like, I go every day eating eggs. Breakfast? And some, yeah. And then some form of fashion might be yeah. Brinner. Might have yeah. for dinner, too. Brinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I cannot go a day without eating eggs. <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, scrambled. Omelet, you should make omelets, yeah. Omelets, okay. It's honestly like it's so much easier than scrambled. You don't have to constantly attend to it. I just like you leave it, you throw yeah. your goodies on, and then you yeah. wait till it cook a little bit, and then you fold nice. it. So what goodies do you like to put in your omelet? I usually throw a ton of spinach on, a load of cheese, some sriracha. Beautiful. Keep it simple. Sounds yummy. Yeah. Um, what is one seemingly uh, unrelated activity, <laughs> you know, to coaching and training and all right. of your all of your um, craft that keeps you ticking? Uh, it's, that's easy. It's uh, it's music. Um, right, you know, I've been uh, I play guitar, so I've been playing that for yeah. a few years. I've been taking lessons for a couple of years. I think that's like seemingly unrelated, right? Has is an <laughs> understatement because like being a student at something else that you were a complete beginner on is is such an enlightening experience as a coach. <laughs> yeah, um, like it, it's really changed the way I communicate with people and like kind of like what I expect out of them in coming to this brand new environment of exercise and stuff like that because it was the same way with with music for me i mean i've done i've done music really kind of like my whole life right? i did piano for a little bit did you know trumpet all the way from middle school through high school then after after high school uh kind of stopped playing the trumpet picked up the guitar because i could play in my dorm and then uh, <laughs> just like kind of like continue on from there you know for the last you know like 10 years or so but i didn't start started taking lessons till like just a couple of years ago and that's really changed how i view that student-teacher relationship mm. is just being on the other side of that has been really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to. I'll come back to that in a second. Yeah. Um, because I think that it's uh, important an important thing to mention to people that like that even as coaches we need coaches. Yeah. And like like because that's one of those things about walking the walk, right? Totally. Like, yeah. how do you know? Just knowing what it's like. Have to, you been where I've been? You yeah. know, like yeah. Um, Short answer, yeah, music. Music, yeah. yeah. Okay, with along the lines of music, do you have a favorite band? I got a, I got a couple. Um, John Mayer is probably my top one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then a few metal bands like uh, Alter Bridge, I would say, is my favorite, like band band. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah. And you're in a band as well, right? I I jam. Yeah. <laughs> I jam some beats. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Want to give a shout out when your next concert's coming up? Oh yeah. No. <laughs> It's in, the, it's in the basement in my buddy's bedroom, so. <laughs> Big crowd. <Yeah. laughs> um, all right, and then let's go with um, your dream dinner guest. Who would that be, dead or alive? Oh, man. That's hard. Say if it's, oh, maybe I'll pick two, like, alive. I probably just like, I mean, it's probably a common answer, but probably Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> like, I feel like there's just so much you can learn from him. Mm-hmm. And just being like the kind of influence that he is, you know, he's done so much and mm. has, has he's got a pretty cool mindset on on things. And yeah, he's got some funny stories too. Oh, so, yeah. So it seems I mean, he's cool he's Mister Entertainment. So <laughs> people's champ. <laughs> would you want to work out with him as well? I would. That that'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> work out followed yeah. by dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. He's got a good taste in uh, in cheat meals too. Yeah. yeah, he's got his own tequila company too. He does. It's pretty good. That as well. Terramon, yeah. <laughs> um, dead. I don't know. Um, I think Jimi Hendrix would be a cool hang. Mm. Um, 
then it depends on how far back you go, like Leonardo da Vinci. Okay, like yeah. If I, if I spoke Italian, that'd be pretty sweet. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, but just taking someone's brain like that, mm. even, yeah. Love it. Love it. So going back to um, to what you were saying about taking guitar and that being such an enlightening experience, um, what would you say, I feel like it's an important message for, for listeners to hear about... Um, about hiring a coach. If anyone has hesitation in in hiring a coach or might be questioning the value of hiring a coach, yet is in this place of really seeking change, what would you say to that person? Oh, that's it's kind of tough. Honestly, in this day and age, do as much as you can, like on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, find out as much as you can on your own, and just like experiment, try new things. I mean, I I played for probably three or four years before yeah. I started even uh, thinking about lessons. And then like once you get stuck, yeah. Once you find a reason to to get a coach, then find a coach for that reason. Then I think it just explodes from there. And then they take you in different yeah. avenues that you never thought you'd be. Yeah. Right? Going. Like I never thought I'd be like playing jazz songs or anything like that. But then yeah. they end up kind of guiding yeah. you in that path. Yeah. But I think you do need to kind of form some sort of experience and some sort of pathway on your own so you know how you, you kind of react to like say like the instrument or like exercise and kind of gain some experience in yeah. that first because I think mm-hmm. you can get so much more out of just enhance or you know adhering to that curiosity mm-hmm. and yeah like, like really committing to it like you know commit to it for a good you know six months to a year mm-hmm. then if like you're still in it if you want to learn more if you want to keep diving in then then find a coach yeah love it yeah, so that and that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation of like, if you if you have that frustration, then that frustration can then lead into a curiosity of mm-hmm. like, how can I overcome this or what can I learn yeah. or whatever versus just starting from a place of I want this but not really having the emotional connection to why you want it right, yeah. and I also think that there's never a bad time to hire a coach. Like if you want to, or not, there's never, there's never a bad time to start getting better at something. Totally, I should, yeah. should put it that way. Um, and so if you're listening and you're either, you're just like, I want to get stronger and you, there's, it's not like you've tried a strength training program and you know what you've gotten frustrated with. I think that that's a perfectly good time to hire a coach or to start exploring. And if you, are someone who has been on a strength training program for six months or more and you have some frustrations or there's certain lingering questions and like maybe you've gone on to the internet and you've you've found answers but there's probably way too many answers (laughs) and you just want that really like direct guidance about what's right for you which again like like spencer and i have been talking about well our job is to help you decide for yourself what is best for you um then that's also a good time to hire a coach but I will say for myself that um, it has made me a better coach by, like you were saying, by hiring coaches. Like I've hired a coach for um, for business and I've hired in like marketing and stuff like that. And um, and honestly, it's a it's a, a little question mark. So I'm kind of in the same place as this person that <laughs> that I'm saying like, what would you tell this person? Because I don't know exactly what the next thing is that I want to become best at, but um, like even even a therapist is a little bit different than a coach, but um, whatever it is, like for me, self expansion is is the key, and self understanding and self acceptance. And so, 
in a way I see hiring a therapist as, as hiring my coach, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're pointing out blind spots that I would never be able totally. to see yeah. um, in an unbiased way, right? Yeah. Like we can care, but we can still remain um, removed from mm-hmm. from that, you know, that person's personal life. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say coach or whatever you want to call it, having some kind of um, some kind of resource that provides a mirror into yourself is absolutely essential if you want growth, which leads me into my last question, which again, it's not on the board. I'm just always generating new questions <laughs> is, um, do you have any, um, do you have any journaling practices or writing practices that form as, um, or that, that provide you self-reflection? I know it's, it's an important part in, in, in my uh, process of growth and things that I bring into my clients' practices. I'm curious if you do any sort of writing. You know, I always did, and I, would, I always choose like pen and paper for my workouts too, and mm-hmm. kind of write in there. I mean, this this book is chock full of stuff, and I would always mm-hmm. kind of have like a, a daily planner of what I want to get done in the day, uh, what I want to get done like that week, or just just random things. As far as like journaling practices, I, I've dabbled in a little bit. I've always been a writer, kind of at heart. Uh, I've always loved writing like articles or or uh, just like you know short stories growing up, or I always excelled at doing the papers in college and stuff like that. So I've always really enjoyed writing mm-hmm. um, and I enjoy reading as well. Um, as far as like getting thoughts down onto paper, I've, I've done like a lot, a lot of like whiteboard stuff, Yeah. but it's more so in, in a, in a sense of just getting some stuff like out of like, kind of just like dumping mm. on the, it's, it's not, yeah. it's not like an everyday thing. Right. Um, which I kind of like to get better at. It's just, Kind of a, like realigning some things in my head. It's like, where do I actually want to go? If I'm not really sure what my goals are or whatever, then I'll write down like, okay, what do I actually want to accomplish? Yeah. And then kind of getting it in writing, and then I can read. It's like, oh, okay, this is where I need to start heading Got my it. compass. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like so you're you're dumping everything out so you can see actually like if your brain just feels like it's going in yeah. a million directions, you can see all those directions yeah. and then be like. Okay, no, 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 okay, yeah. Th- that's the one that I need to, to focus on. Yeah, if you have a box of Legos, like, instead of, like, digging around in yeah. the box, you would yeah. just dump, dump it them out all out, see them, spread, spread them out. out. Yeah. Mm, I like that analogy. That's good. Big Lego fan, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, cool, so for the listeners, I want everyone to, uh, I, I hope that everyone has already um, gleaned a lot of value from this conversation um, and inspiration, and maybe you have even more questions now that you're asking yourselves. Um, but the podcast would not be complete if I didn't ask Spencer to give one piece of advice and then one, um, practice. So first that piece of advice is, um, is more, uh, knowledge based. So it's like, what, what might people want to know? Or what do you think people need to hear? Oh man. You could like, it, like on a, you're, you're creating a billboard or something <laughs> like that, right? Like what would it say? What do people need to hear? Oh, this is a long game. For sure, like it, it's consistency. That's the only word you need. I think, like, it, I mean, you're gonna be in this game for 10, 15, 20 years. I said before, like, it, it's gonna take a long time. Things aren't gonna come right away. Um, but stick with it. Like, Rome wasn't built in a day. If you do things every single day, you're gonna have bad workouts. You're gonna have good workouts. Doesn't matter, right? You're gonna have good practice sessions, right? No matter if it's a physical thing or, or whatever you're doing. If you do it every single day, you are going to get better at it. If you do it with intention, 
right? Being consistent with that intention will yield results in the long term. Uh, so think about the long game for sure. Love it. And then what is one practice? So one like action that people can start today to become more consistent. Write it down. It's funny. I don't have a journaling practice. But write it down. <laughs> write it down. Um, the goal. The goal, or say the like task. Yeah, or even like just your workouts, or or okay. yeah, write down what you want to what you want to accomplish. Like whether yeah. it be on a weekly basis or a daily basis. Right. Make your check marks. Right. Lay it out on the line. Give yourself a deadline, or or don't. I guess, but at least have it on paper so you have something to constantly refer to, mm. and to, you know keep yourself accountable. Yeah. Or, or have someone else try to keep you accountable as well. I mean, that, that should be your job. <laughs> <laughs> Back to autonomy, right? Yeah, back to autonomy, yeah. Back so to autonomy. Just write it down and, and try, to, try to keep to the course. Love it. Yeah. So we covered um, a vast array of topics today. Yeah, we did. <laughs> they all pretty much come down to how to be a, a stronger, more resilient um, human being. And I just want to say thank you, Spencer, for giving yeah. us insight into, me. yeah, into how you uh, have cultivated your own process of doing that and, and giving that gift to others as well. So it's been a great conversation. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh.